0: Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show.
1: With all due respect, I reject your theory completely. But you know what? There needs to be some backlash to this. This would be disastrous. There really has to be a better way. And I think the biggest question here is, what the hell is going on?
0: The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620.
1: Move for President. Get in the race.
0: Will he run. and now live from the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone on the
1: Summerfest grounds here's Jeff Wagner Good afternoon Wisconsin we are broadcasting live it's day 3 at Summerfest I will tell you something the rain has stopped The morning rain has stopped. It's all out over the lake. Looks like the sun is even trying to break through here. The Summerfest grounds look great. You know, they do a good job of handling the water. There is absolutely no reason not to come down and enjoy Summerfest 2019. My guess is... It's probably going to be pretty dry for the rest of the day. The bands are going to be performing. going to be a great time. And if you are coming down, be sure to stop by our mobile broadcast facility. We're right next to the Gruber Law Office's sports zone. We're right behind the uh, Harley-Davidson stage. We've got a number of my colleagues that are here, and they're running this bags game that we have. Anybody can do it. I did it yesterday. Great time. Also, Jordan, Steve Scafidi's producer, is doing double duty. My producer, Gru, Came down here to see a couple bands yesterday. Matter of fact, if you want to see what Grew looks like, well, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at JeffWagner620. There is a photograph of my lovely wife, Fran, myself, and, and Gru. He came down here. He took off yesterday to go to Summerfest, and he took off today to recover from Summerfest. What does that tell you? Now, I was down here at Summerfest, but I'm at work My engineer, John Tyler, he was at Summerfest yesterday. He's at work. But my young producer, well, he decided not to answer the bell. But if you want to see what Gru looks like, again, follow me on Twitter, at JeffWagner620. Also, when you're down here, don't forget about the Summerfest Big Shot Contest presented by Gruber Law Offices. Every day at 345 at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone, the first 10 people to register will have a chance at a half-court shot. The first person to make it will receive a Summerfest prize package, including... Two front-row wristbands for the U Line headliner that evening, a $75 Summerfest gift card, and a Gruber swag bag. So check all that out. All right. We have a lot of ground to cover. There There is a lot of news. There was a the Democratic debate for the last two nights. We're going to talk a little bit about that. There was an incident. At Summerfest yesterday, and my take on this is I think everybody should be withholding judgment, but we're going to discuss that in a little bit. They have now released the name of the man who was arrested yesterday for murdering the Racine police officer a week ago Tuesday. Um, No surprise when you look up his criminal record. Again, the answer is, why was a guy like this out on the street with a gun? But I want to start with our breaking news story which is unfortunately and i acknowledge this is the third or fourth time in the last couple weeks that we have talked about this issue but the problem is the powers that be aren't hearing you all right if you are on i-94 in the construction zone if you are trying to go north well it's not happening all lanes northbound i-94 blocked between Highway G and Ryan Road um there is an accident around 7 mile road this so the freeway the lanes have been blocked for an hour it's a collision between two semis and a car. And, of course, the problem is that the way that's designed, it's so narrow, there's no emergency lanes, there's no way to easily get cars out of traffic, so the freeway is closed down. Now, I don't have the ability, we're at Summerfest, I don't have my traffic cameras that are down here, so I'm just going on the reports. But the freeway has been closed, all lanes blocked. Now, this is the third time in the last nine days that a crash in that construction zone has led to a full freeway closure, third time in the last nine days. And, of course, we all remember the story from last week where you had the massive crash. Matter of fact, there's now been a lawsuit filed by... The, the the truck driver, the semi-truck driver who was killed trying to avoid plowing into cars who um, lost control earlier, they've now filed a lawsuit against the driver of the first semi-truck. What happened a couple weeks ago is you had a semi-driver heading southbound, lost control of his vehicle. He hit a retaining wall on the right. Bounced across, hit that that concrete barrier in the middle, knocked the concrete barrier into the northbound lane of traffic. A number of cars slammed into the northbound barrier, and this freeway dri- and the semi driver coming northbound heroically, heroically just essentially veered his semi off the road in an effort to stop from pl- pl- plowing into these cars. That semi driver has passed away. His estate and his late wife have filed a lawsuit against the driver of the semi that caused all this. But this is the third crash in the construction zone in the last nine days that have brought this to a full-time closure. And of course, it hasn't just been the last nine days. We have on a regular basis during my show, it seems like two or three times a week, the program is interrupted by traffic problems, full freeway closures or major lane closures in that particular area. A number of people are now focusing on this, and and the word that gets used a lot of times is death trap for that area. For its part, the Department of Transportation, they say nothing to see here. You know, this, this is designed in accordance with our safety standards. And, of course, what's happened is they've narrowed the lanes. You've got this concrete uh, median strip, which apparently doesn't stop people from, if you ram into it, from knocking that median strip into, you know, oncoming traffic. Um, you have no emergency lane, no shoulder, so no way to get at disabled cars. And you have a speed limit, it only goes down to 60, which means that you got people probably driving 80 miles an hour through it. I have been saying for a while, but particularly the last couple of weeks, the DOT needs to wake the heck up what they are doing there right now is not working. And I don't care if their safety protocols say it's okay, it's not working. They need to, right away, dramatically lower the speed in that area. I think they also need to seriously look at whether or not they want to lower it from three lanes to two lanes, and I understand that's going to lead to traffic backups. I get it. But if it makes it a lot safer, and it avoids the third full freeway closure in the last nine days. Isn't it worth it? 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. The Department of Transportation's position appears to be nothing to see here we're not going to make any changes. My point is, how many more full freeway closures? How many more collisions? How many more people are going to have to lose their life before we recognize that there's an issue going on here and we need to figure out something to do to do it better? 414-799-1620. That's the accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And if you travel that route on a regular or semi-regular basis, I guess my question to you would be, all right, should we just let it stand like it is for the next several months or however it's going along to take to finish this project or should we be proactive in figuring we got to do something different 414-799-1620 put me in the camp of we got to do something different. All right, Jordan is lining up the calls if you're on the line please hold on. We're back to discuss in just a couple minutes. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. The rain has stopped, come down, say hi. This is Jeff Wagner. I said I that is, of course, Sticks. They're performing this evening, 10 o'clock, at the U.S. Cellular Connection stage. It's day three of Summerfest. Okay, a couple people say, well, you know, this is the third time you've talked about it in the last two weeks. I understand. It's because every day there's a different story, it seems, and nobody at the Department of Transportation is doing anything about the mess that is on the freeway. Before we go to the calls, let me just give you a sample of the text. Jeff, I drive to Chicago once a week. I-94 is absolutely scary. I hate it, and I don't get it. The Department of Transportation needs to do something. All right, here's another one. Jeff, there was also an accident there southbound this morning. I drive it every day. It's an absolute mess. Jeff, I drive a semi. The lanes are narrow. More importantly, they are rough, and they bounce large trucks back and forth. The new concrete is rough as well. By the way, I'm stuck here again. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, another major closure there because of an accident. Um, It's just, you know, one after another... Of these problems. It's simply not getting any better. 414 799 1620. Let's start with Jeff in Gurney. Jeff, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hey, good morning, Jeff. Hey. Hi. You know, this, just a, this is just a broken record. You know, it's uh, the lane, and you hit on all of them. The lanes are too narrow. Uh, there's no escape. You know, there's no way to escape a hazard, you know, on either side. Uh, uh, right. The speed limit is too fast. The speeds are too fast. Um, but right. you touched on it earlier. I think the ideal solution would be to go down to two lanes. That way, you can at least make the lanes wider. Um, you know, and the, not even so much lower in the speed limit, but enforce it. Which they have difficulty right. doing because right now there's no place to pull anybody over down there. So they're they, they right. Yeah, you can't get in there. Yeah. To it. so, you know right. it's It's poorly designed, it was poorly thought out, and and it's it's a disaster. They just somehow need to slow people down going through there, however
1: they have to do it. Well, well, right, and, exa- and I guess there, there's things that you could do if you wanted to be aggressive. I mean, you could, you could station state patrol people somewhere in that area, running radar or whatever, and then you could have people, you know, willing to pull those people off when they come out of, you know, the area. But I, I agree, it, it, there's no real where, it's difficult to enforce. I don't know, back here when we were doing the zoo interchange, we, we did that, that zipper merge thing where they did away with the lane. Okay, that was a pain in the butt, but it, I don't think we had the problem with that that we seem to be having here and I guess I don't know about you but I am i don't want to see anybody else die on that freeway and it's just frustrating that day after day after day you keep having these collisions it's a heavily trafficked area with trucks so there's a lot of trucks going back and forth and they get into dust up with cars and bad things happen and nobody seems to care thanks for the call I appreciate it 414-799-1620 let's talk to Mark in Union Grove Mark you're on WTMJ good afternoon
3: Yeah, good morning, Jeff. This is Mark.
1: Hi, Mark. Yes, sir.
3: I'm
4: just actually on my way home from work, and I drive that stretch. I live in the drove. I drive it every day to Milwaukee. And actually, today I only worked a half day, but believe it or not, I drove by two accidents. And one this morning was on uh, 94 and Ryan Road, and now this one I just drove by. And every single one, I don't know why, um, it involves semis. And when I drive it, it's just nerve-wracking because the semis just they take up all three lanes
3: also and
1: there's just no room um it's it's yeah i mean the lanes are narrow it's it's bumpy people are driving too fast in general there's just nowhere to go i swear i just i don't understand why now that we realize it's a problem the department of transportation isn't being proactive in addressing the problem i guess that's what's frustrating to me yeah it's
4: just it's not working and it's it's going to get worse and there's a whole other year I guess on the project so something has to
1: change Right. Now, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, and look, I, I, I'm not a freeway designer, okay? I'm, and so, you know, I say maybe you go, you you widen the lanes, you go down to two, and then people say, well, that's going to create these delays. All right, well, would you rather be, you know, backed up a little bit and going 25 miles an hour through the zone, or would you ba- rather be, like a lot of people are, stuck once again being diverted off the freeway because there's another major collision between semis and cars? And, and like I say, thank goodness they're they're not all catastrophic like the one we had you know eight or nine days ago where you have two people that lose their life but but this is a regular sort of thing and the truth of the matter is it's almost like but for grace of god go i uh steve in caledonia steve you're on wtmj good afternoon steve 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 Okay, let's try Fred in Brookfield. Fred, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Fred. Okay, uh, let's try Gary in Menominee Falls. Gary, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Uh, yes, hi,
2: Jeff. Yes, I drive hi, somewhere Gary. as well. And uh all know you had the same type problem uh, when, on I-90 and what they did was they uh, put the signs trucks are in one lane only. and Because right. they had nowhere to move off if they did have an accident. But they kept the trucks in, in one lane, and that uh, eliminated the problem of the uh, the trucks uh, going back and forth, switching lanes, and causing uh, right. now, the I- situation happening.
1: Now, in this area, Gary, that there are signs. Now, I drove it a week ago Sunday, and there are signs that say, the trucks, the trucks are supposed to be in the left lane, and I think that's because it, it's a smoother sort of lane. Although, I, I don't see trucks just staying in the left lane. I see trucks driving all three of those lanes in that narrow area.
2: Well, what they do, I mean, it's not more or less just the, the smoothness of it. I mean, granted, the accident that caused that concrete, the DOT mentioned uh, a couple of days ago, that the guy blew, blew a steer tire and that swerved him into the barrier. Right. But uh, no, the right. um, uh, what uh, they need is, is again uh, to keep the trucks in that particular area because the trucks do tend to switch lanes, right. and that's what's causing your major problem.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks for the call. And look, and, and I understand it's not it's not just a simple it's not a simple solution. I think it's way too fast through that area. I think sixty miles an hour it, just as a posted speed limit is way too fast. And you're everybody's right. There's people that drive distracted. There's people that speed. So if the speed limit is 60, you got cars driving 70 or 80 miles an hour through these these narrow. And, and if you haven't driven it, it, it the lanes get smaller. Okay, the lanes get narrower. And then it zigzags. So, I mean, you really, you got to be paying attention. And there's really very little room for error. And if you've got somebody that's driving 15 or 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, it is literally an accident waiting to happen happen. Shelly in Sheboygan. Shelly, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Shelly. Okay, tell you what, I'm going to take a very quick break. We will be back with more in just a minute. It's 1227. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back. We're broadcasting live. It's day three of Summerfest. The sun is actually trying to poke through the clouds, but the rain is out of here. It's 70 degrees. going to be a great afternoon and evening stop down. This is Collective Soul, who's playing at the Uline Warehouse. I had an opportunity to really walk around the grounds extensively yesterday. It's amazing. Some of these new stages, including the Uline Warehouse, just just amazing. If you haven't been down to Summerfest in a couple years, I would really encourage you to come on down and check it out. You will be stunned at all the new infrastructure and all the great stuff that's going on.
0: Oh, I can't believe it. Ooh, ooh she out on me. On me, me, me. I think she want me. Won't me. No, I can't leave her lonely. No. Ooh, I can't believe it.
1: We're back. This is Jeff Wagner. That's T-Pain performing right behind me, 945 this evening at the Harley-Davidson Roadhouse. It is day three of Summerfest. The rain has stopped. The sun is trying to break out. A little bit overcast right now, but 70 degrees outside. Uh, No reason not to come down here. Folks on the grounds are doing a great job of trying to deal with, like, standing water and stuff. And people are here having a lot of fun. So come on down. Maybe bring a rain jacket for a little while. But no reason not to come down to Summerfest and enjoy it. All right. Here's my lead in on this. I want to be careful. I would advise everybody to be careful about jumping to conclusions. I don't know. I am not in a position to say whether we have a Jussie Smollett situation here. But this is one where I think people would be advised to wait until more details come out. Now, you know, the Jussie Smollett situation. He was the guy who was on Empire who um, reported that he had been attacked on the coldest evening of the winter by two guys that were wearing Donald Trump Make America Great Again hats, and they put a noose around his neck, et cetera, et cetera. Remember all the attention it got? And this, you had thousands and thousands of people who were sending out notes on Twitter saying, oh, this is terrible, and what an embarrassment this is for Chicago, et cetera, et cetera, how awful it was. Now, remember how that turned out. It was a complete and total hoax. Turned out that Jussie Smollett had actually gone out and hired a couple people he knew to engage in this quote-unquote beating. And, you know, everybody knew the story. He was charged with all these felonies for false police reports, and ultimately the authorities down there kind of gave that case away. Everybody knows that story. So my point is, I think if we have learned nothing over the last... Few months and couple years is that you have to kind of wait for facts to emerge, and that's all I am saying about this next story. All right, last night, the headliner on the Harley Davidson stage, um, again, right behind where I'm sitting now, was a performer named Lizzo. Now, I have to admit, I hadn't heard of Lizzo until. Yesterday, Lizzo is and it was interesting because after I had an abbreviated program yesterday, so my wife and I were walking around. We ended up watching a band on that stage and there were a number of people in the front row who were there. This is at one o'clock in the afternoon waiting for the Lizzo show that was going to be at 10 o'clock at night. So these were hardcore fans. Lizzo is kind of a, a rap rap performer. She's in her early thirties. She's from Minneapolis. She's um she she's a large woman and I say that because this is kinda of her shtick. Her her big thing is she's she's very self-aware and, you know, she write, writes songs that talk about body shaming and, and how you shouldn't mistreat people because of the way they look, et etc et cetera. So that, that's, that's what she does. She's very, very talented. I guess people like her. Um, she's been in Milwaukee on a number of different occasions and she has some <clears throat> very, very interesting, I mean, she has fans who are huge. Okay, huge fans, that is. All right, so here's the deal. She performs last night and there's about 10,000 people apparently. It's, it's a full show. The show goes really, really well People love it. And then immediately after the show, she takes to Twitter to call out and I'm going to read the way the story is described in the Journal Sentinel to call out a festival security guard that she claims tackled her team and used hurtful language. She called the security guard, quote, a racist bigot. Then she sent out another tweet saying, Did anybody get footage of the security guard that tackled and attacked my team at Summerfest? They slapped and manhandled my hair and stylist, my stylist and stylist, and I'm out for blood. All right? In a second tweet. Shortly afterwards, she shares a video of security guards standing backstage, who she says was the person that attacked my hairstylist and my sty- stylist. He, stylist. He tackled them to the ground, manhandled, and slapped them. They keep me; They're keeping me from going over there and having my way with him, but I'm filming this right now just in case I need some evidence, and just in case I need to put this on the internet, he needs to be in handcuffs. All right. So, you know, they post that. And now this thing has gone viral, as you might expect. And if you look at the Twitter feeds, it's all these people apologizing to her for the misbehavior of the security guard. And, you know, this is just terrible that this type of thing could happen at Summerfest, etc. Summerfest has issued a statement saying, look, she gave an incredible performance, which she now feels is tarnished by events which occurred during the performance. We do not tolerate racism in any form. We will conduct a thorough investigation. We have an experienced crowd management staff who strive to protect performers and fans. While there may be challenges during a performance, we expect those challenges to be handled professionally and respectfully. If those standards were not met, we will take appropriate action. So that's what Summerfest says. The overwhelming, like I say, majority of the feedback on the Internet is, oh, this is terrible, you've got these racist security people, how could this happen, this is awful, please come back to Milwaukee Lizzo, we'll make it right. All right, I don't know what happened. I was not at the show. I I will tell you this. Um, I'm down at Summerfest a lot. I interact with the security people a lot. The security staff at Summerfest... Is extremely diverse, ethnically diverse, racially diverse. All right, so I mean, this—we're not talking about a situation where, hey, it's the nineteen—it's 1954, and it's Selma, Alabama, and all the police officers are white, and they're trying to enforce, you know, stuff on a black crowd, on, on a on a black population. I mean, you, we have a very, very diverse. Crowd, The security people, like I say, ethnically diverse. And so I I hear this and I'm thinking, huh, that would be extremely unusual given, again, the diversity of the security presence for there to be like overtly racial sort of stuff. Now, again, I don't know what the interaction was between a security guard and apparently a couple members of of this performer's entourage. Don't know what they tried to do. Don't know what the security guard ended up doing. I I, I don't understand, and I I don't know, and I'm sure that will all come out. At least at this point in time, there doesn't appear to be, like, video of what occurred. My cautionary tale on this, our number is 414-799-1620, is before... Before people get worked up and decide that, oh, you've got all these racist security guards at Summerfest, I think everybody would be wise to simply wait until there is an investigation, until we find out what exactly it was that happened, and until we find out whether or not there legitimately are two sides to a a story. But I guess when I when I hear these terms being thrown around, um, you know, this is we're filing a complaint against the bigoted security guard. We're we're seeking justice, that type of stuff. And and especially I hear that the efforts to try to racialize this, given again the the makeup of of the security force down here, I, I've got red flags going off. Wondering what what was it. That, that happened. Now, is it possible it could have happened like this? A- absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, you have such an ethnically diverse festival you have ethnic diversity among the performers. You have ethnic diversity among the security guards. All right, 414-799-1620. That's the accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And again, I, I, I'm not saying it didn't happen like this lady is suggesting in the tweets. I am telling you that there's thousands and thousands of people out there who think that there's been some huge racial injustice at Summerfest. And I'm just saying maybe we need to wait before we... All right, decide one way or another. Let's start with Harry in Mequon. Harry, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. I have to agree with you, and having been down to Summerfest many, 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 many times, working down there for 22 years, the security hired at Summerfest, trained at Summerfest, and trained to deal with crowd control, protection of the entertainers, protection of their crew, their people backstage, is A1. A1. Their diversity is very important. Treatment of people in a humane way is very important. But what people are not realizing is the public can become rabid when they're trying to get to an entertainer. They will offer anything, make up any excuse. All of a sudden, they're a long-lost cousin. They're the, Her mother's uh, second cousin, twice removed. They will offer, offer body parts to get backstage <laughs> to get to an entertainer. And the entertainer, or the security at Summerfest is aware of all this. If you don't have the proper identification on you, if they had flashed a backstage pass or a lanyard with a pass on it, this incident, quote-unquote, if it happened, would never have happened. I see this mm. as somewhat a Jesse situation, in that this young lady is using this to get more publicity.
1: That's my well, take and on it. No, and I appreciate it. And, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, that might be the case. I, I just don't know. Now, I, I admit, I always get kind of my back up when you have, like, the race card played. I mean, what she texts out is, The racist bigot put his hands on my people and used hurtful language while tackling and dragging my team off the festival grounds. The racist bigot put his hands on my people and used heartful language while tackling and dragging my team off the festival grounds. Okay, that, that's a really pretty strong statement. And I guess, especially since at least at this point in time, there, there's no video. I'm, I'm curious if it happened. It is appalling. If it had happened, obviously, you know, somebody who who did that doesn't belong working in security and and maybe criminal charges are appropriate if if it happened that way. If, of course, it didn't happen that way, you know, somebody um, has really been defamed in this. And again, I, I don't I don't know. It's difficult for me, again. To comprehend something like that going on, given all the diversity that's here, now can you get can you get a security guard that's got an attitude? Well, of course you can. I love the security people and the ushers at Miller Park. I told a story a month ago. I had a bad experience with some part time guy, you know. But but that that's that's the aberration. This sounds, I guess, this sounds over the top, and and maybe it had happened. And I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just saying as I look at these. You know, the, the Twitter responses, people from all over the country, oh, this is terrible, these racist people, All oh, this This is awful. My only thing is, all right, l- let's figure out what happened before we overreact to this. Because, again, this is one where it strikes me that there's got to be two sides to this story, if there is a story at all. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. No. We're back, broadcasting live from Summerfest. The sun—it's really trying to break through, really trying hard to break through. But the rain is out of the area. Stop by and say hi. This is Brandy Carlisle. She is performing. Well, I'm looking at the venue right now at the Bemo Harris Pavilion, which is—that's um, the—that's the, the venue. Boy, what a—that is—that's. That's probably my favorite stage outside the amphitheater. It's the one right next to the amphitheater, but it backs up. You watch the show, and you got a spectacular view of the lake, um, just absolutely tremendous. Brandy Carlisle there at 945 this evening, day three of Summerfest. All right, this is perhaps not a surprise. Racine police have identified the man who was arrested, has not been charged as of yet, but was arrested in connection of the murder of Racine police officer John Hetland, um, what, a week ago, Tuesday. And let's just say this. It's not a surprise. Now, it might be a surprise to the particular individual, but once again, you knew that this was going to be the case. For those of you who might have forgotten about the situation, Officer Hetland, off duty, had gone into a, a local Racine tavern with a friend of his to get a sandwich, all right, last Tuesday night. What happens is, is a man, a um, masked man with a gun, walks in, jumps behind the bar, holds the gun, and essentially tries to take the bartender at gunpoint. Officer Hetland, believing that there was a likelihood that this bartender might be killed, he jumps over the bar and engages the robber. There's a struggle... The robber is able to gain some separation from Officer Hetland, and the robber shoots and kills him in cold blood. Runs off like the coward that he is, and has been trying to avoid police apprehension for, well, since this happened last Tuesday. He was arrested yesterday. Racine authorities, and like I say, he has not been charged yet, but Racine authorities have released his name. His name is Dalquavius T. Ward. He is 26 years old, and he is from Milwaukee. Now, That name just came out recently, very in the last hour or so, and I've spent my time trying to track down this guy's record, because I guess the question is always, gee, is this somebody for whom this is their first time at the rodeo? They wake up one morning and decide, hey, today's the day that I'm going to put on a ski mask, I'm going to grab a gun, and I'm going to go walk into a bar and machine and try to hold it up, or... Is this another one of these situations where it is the career criminal who has been committing increasingly more serious crimes who probably should have been locked up a long time ago? And if you're looking for the answer to that question, the answer is definitely the latter. Now, here's the deal. I can't quite figure out... The, the full record of this guy because it appears he has federal crimes as well. There's references in his Wisconsin record to like federal arrests and all. But but here here's what I know. On January 12th of 2015, the guy's only 26 years old. So January 12th of 2015, he was charged with strangulation and suffocation and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Now, I can't figure out what the underlying felony, so that means at some point in time before that, he had to have been committed, convicted of a felony. I, I'm not finding that right now on his Wisconsin record, so maybe it was a federal crime, maybe it was an outstate crime, I don't know. But this t- January 12th of 15, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and strangulation and suffocation. The district attorney's office dismissed the strangulation and suffocation charge, which was the more severe offense. But it was, of course, read into the record. He was sentenced. And again, it's tough to figure out exactly what happened, because my sense is that there was a federal case that was going on as well at the same time, because there's references to this guy being in custody. But, But the bottom line is he did not serve much time at all on this possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and strangulation and suffocation case. Bottom line of all this is, once again, you have a 26-year-old man in this case who had demonstrated by a prior record that he was a danger to the community. And despite that... He was back out on the street in a position that in June of 2019, he can walk into a bar wearing a mask and carrying a gun. And for everybody who wants to talk about You know, increased penalties for gun crimes and things like that. I'm all in favor of it. I mean, one of my big questions would be, how could somebody, again, convicted of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, I mean, what are they doing out on the streets? What are they doing in possession of a gun again, using it to rob, uh, again, rob, in this case, a, a bar and murder a police officer in cold blood? Once more details about this guy's record come out, I, I think, again, it's going to be another one of these things where we're shaking our head going, why is it that we are not locking up dangerous people for lengthy periods of time? And if people are released on supervision or things like that, why why is it that we're not checking into them? What was this guy doing having a gun in the first place? Much less putting on a mask and using it to go in and, and rob, a grocer, uh, rob a bar in Racine. So for anybody who might have thought, oh, this was the guy first time at the rodeo not at all once again a guy with a criminal record a convicted felon in this case using a firearm that he's not legally allowed to have to commit an armed robbery and in this case you have a police officer who is dead as a result of that just a tragedy but once again just foreseeable given the fact that we don't do a good job of keeping career criminals or long-term criminals or dangerous people off the streets all right when we come back after the news we're gonna talk about the last two nights in the Democrat Party who won the debates who lost the debates does it mean anything? Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest Grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest Grounds, here's Jeff Wagner.
1: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. Yeah, the sun was out for a couple minutes. Um, It's trying to poke its head out. If for some reason you've let the morning rain or last night's rainstorm kind of scare you out of coming down to Summerfest, don't. Um, Actually, the the weather is very nice down here. It's very, very comfortable, maybe a little bit humid, but um, no reason to not come on down and enjoy Summerfest. So please stop by and say hello. All right. I watched... A good portion of the Democrat debate last night, I watched some of the one the night before. So I don't want to claim that I were there for the hours, but I, but I have enough to form a definitive impression. I think there were two big winners that came out of the discussion Over the last two nights. Who were those two big winners? Number one, I think it was uh, the senator from California, Kamala Harris. And number two, I think it was Donald Trump. Our numbers, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you watch the debates, or you watch the coverage of the debates, or you watched I don't know, the talking heads talking about the Democrat debates, what was your impression was there a big winner? Was there a big loser? Are they going to make any difference? I want to have just an open-ended kind of conversation on the first Democrat debates of the 2020 election season. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the accident mortgage talk and text line. Let me give you a couple of my overall impressions to start this out. First of all, I think the people who debated on Thursday night... Had a huge advantage over the people who debated on Wednesday night because they watched what happened on Wednesday night and they saw where you know they saw what went wrong, what went right, all those type of things. So I, I think that was that was in fact you know one of the factors. I think you had a huge debate win. on Wednesday night I thought it was dull. President Trump t- you know tweeted out the, the word boring and you know what I think he was probably right about that. I, I don't think. Anybody, I think if you were a front runner on Wednesday night, if you were a Cory Booker or you were an Elizabeth Warren, you didn't hurt your cause. But I don't know that anybody stood out to the point where you said, okay, gee, I'm kind of undecided about this, and I, I got now I'm going to write a big check for Elizabeth Warren. I, I don't think that happened on Wednesday night. A couple people hurt themselves. I think Beto O'Rourke, with, uh, he's the guy that started off speaking in Spanish. I think he kind of made himself a joke. So, you know, that, that's that. Bill de Blasio, I think he kind of turned himself into a joke, especially since... Yesterday, he goes to Miami and he starts talking to a group in, in Spanish himself and in a year where the Democrats don't want to identify with socialism, or at least most of them don't, he starts quoting from Ch- Che Guevara, for God's sake, and then says, oh, I had no idea I was quoting this, this Che Guevara thing. You know, de Blasio's history, Beto O'Rourke's history, but for people like uh, Cory Booker and for Elizabeth Warren, I-, I don't think they hurt themselves, which in some respects is a victory. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. that's the Academic mortgage talk and text line. Now, a lot of the activity was last Night because I mean, you had Joe Biden, and Joe Biden has a target on his back. He is the presumptive front runner, and everybody was going after him. You also had Bernie Sanders, you also had Kamala Harris. All right, I think Kamala Harris. She clearly won that debate. Well, at least she won to the extent that she has raised her profile. She had a couple great lines. She knew from the first night that there was going to be a time when everybody starts talking over each other, and she had that line, hey, this isn't a food fight. We want to put food on the table of the American people. I thought that was a great line. It was a memorable line, maybe the most memorable line of the night, and she got to utter it. In addition, I mean, fair or unfair... She scored some points on Joe Biden. You know, she pushed him on his thing for busing, and then her campaign had that picture of her, you know, as a little girl with the pigtails that they were ready to send out. She, I think, stood through on the crowd, and I think she probably advanced herself into the top tier of Democrat candidates. I thought Biden, who is experienced, I thought he did a terrible job. And I guess uh, Joe Biden. He came across to me as looking old, and and he came across as, I, I think, defensive, He was angry. And I guess what surprised me, I understand when everybody's attacking you, you want to lash out like that. But I guess it surprised me that he seemed surprised that this was going to be the dialogue he was getting. And so I I thought he looked angry and defensive. I thought he looked halting. I thought he looked old. I I did. And I was a little bit surprised, given all his experience. The other person who I thought hurt themselves in the debate was uh, Bernie Sanders. I thought Bernie... Bernie, to me, reminds me of the grandfather on The Simpsons. He he just always has that kind of the angry, crotchety old man. And I think what Bernie Bernie is frustrated with is a lot of the issues that he ran on 2016 are being co-opted by by some of the candidates who are running now. And I think he resents it. He's not getting any sort of credit for these sort of things. And he came again across. I I see Grandpa Simpson every time I see Bernie Sanders. I don't think he helped himself either. Who was the other big winner? Well, I think it was Donald Trump. And I will tell you why. I I understand if you want to be the nominee by the Democrats in 2020, it's a race to the left, all right? It's who can be be the farthest left. That's who votes in Democratic primaries. But here's the reality. At some point in time, you, you have to come back to the center if you're going to win elections. And here's part of the problem. I will tell you, one scene from last night's debate that will be played over and over and over again on Republican Party TV ads was the spot where they asked, okay, who is in favor of health benefits for people in this country illegally? Everybody raised their hands. Right that that's way to the left of Barack Obama. That's trillions of dollars potentially. And you want to talk about making the United States a magnet for illegal immigration? Right. Maybe that plays really, really well in downtown San Francisco, but I doubt that let's give free health care to people in this all people in this country illegally. I don't think that's gonna play well in Green Bay. I don't think it's gonna play well in Scranton, Pennsylvania or Flint, Michigan. I think that, and there's a couple other issues that we'll probably talk about as well, I think I think those were gifts to the Donald Trump campaign because it's going to allow him to play some of this stuff back and scare the heck out of people. The whole debate about Medicare for all, nationalized, essentially, Doing away with private insurance in favor of, like, socialized medicine, some people might like it. But the truth of the matter, and we've talked about this before, is the vast majority of Americans who get their health insurance through their employers. they're 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 basically happy with their health insurance coverage they'd like it to be cheaper they'd like the deductibles to be lower maybe they'd like a couple more things to be covered but i don't think the majority of america right now is ready to say let's blow up the system let's put a million people who work in the private insurance industry out of business i don't think that's where this country is 414-799-1620 let's start with john in crystal lake john you're on wtmj good afternoon
3: hi jeff thanks for taking my call you were sure. mentioning that uh, Bernie Sanders looked like Grandpa Simpson. I think he looks yeah. like something out of The Muppet Show. Do you remember The Muppet Show? Yeah.
1: Um, oh, sure, one of those guys that sat in the balcony, those, those characters that sat in the balcony and just kind of exactly. complained about I mean, stuff. He,
3: even his arm-waving looks like it's done by a puppeteer. And yeah. I just I had to just laugh at, at, at crazy old Bernie, uh, yeah. but I, I told him uh, to move on away from Bernie because he's just kind of hilarious in my opinion. But uh, who won? Who won the debate? Trump ap- absolutely won the debate, and yeah. uh, the reason I say yeah. that real quickly is my mother is a migrant here from Scotland in the early '50s, and she used to kind of swing Democratic, and she just said, "Oh my goodness, there's just no choice. We're, we're I'll have yeah. to vote for Trump. These these are a bunch of clowns up here."
1: That's well, my you know, I've heard mother. From, yeah, I, I mean I've heard from several people who aren't necessarily Trump fans, but, you know, watch that, and we're listening to some of the issues they were talking about, and we're thinking, my God, these, these people, at least several of them, these people are nuts. I mean, they're they're really talking about uh, an America that I don't think most people see. And, it's again, it's this rush to the left. It's, all right, you know, uh, corporations are bad. Business is bad. People have too much money. We need to redistribute that. Well, okay, I think most people don't feel that way. I, I, I really believe that. Hey, yes, thanks for okay. the call, John. I, I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Cut you off. 414-799-1620. Jeff, this is from Chris. I'm conservative. However, I like Biden. Unfortunately, I think he dug himself into a hole last night. He looked out of touch and um, relevant to a bygone era. Harris made him look stale last night. I believe he will be done early. Well, I I don't know. I don't know about that, but... Um, I think Biden had a bad night. There's no question. Jeff, I watched both nights just as I did in 2016 for the Republicans. In my opinion, Biden looked old and confused most of the time. And Sanders just looked and acted irate. As far as Kamala Harris, I actually thought she was the biggest loser. She played the race card against a man who was chosen as a running mate for the first African-American president and over things he said and did in the 1970s. That's just a joke. Um, I understand all that. And that's one of the questions is, do, do debates change people's minds? Do people pay attention? But, but it wasn't a good night for Joe Biden. Can he recover? I don't know. We're going to take a break. We continue the conversation in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 414-799-1620. What did you think about the Democrat debate? Was there a clear winner? Was there a clear loser? Does it make any difference in the big picture? We continue the conversation. Again, if you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner, broadcasting live from Summerfest. This is, of course, Jason Aldean, who is the headliner tonight at Summerfest at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater, 414 799 1620. Look, here's the other reality about these debates. There's 24 Democrat candidates right now. Twenty were allowed to participate in the debate. Here's the reality. For probably two-thirds of those candidates, th- this this is a vanity project, nothing more. They're not going to be elected president of the United States. That, that's just It's not going to happen. And my guess is within the next couple months... It, it, the field will winnow out. You know, uh, Most of them aren't going to be able to raise enough money to hire staffs and keep competing in the different early primary states. It, it's going to sort out, and you're going to end up with your five or six major candidates. I don't know that there's going to be a breakthrough candidate. At the end of the day, who's going to be standing? It's going to be Elizabeth Warren, and it's going to be Cory Booker, and it's going to be Biden, and it's going to be Bernie Sanders, and it's going to be Kamala Harris, and, and maybe, maybe just one or two more, but most of these people, okay, they're, they're 15. Minutes of fame will be up. I don't know that the debates really changed anything one way or the other. Let's talk to Jeff on the South Side. Jeff, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Good. What did you think?
4: Well, actually, I would not disagree with you. I don't think nobody on on both sides. I watch all, all, all of it, all of it. And Biden, he didn't do him doing himself any good. Harris, that was nope. all set up. If you if you really think about it, she had that in her plan hmm. and she knew what she was going to do and she did it. And the polls yeah. were showing low, so that they're probably going to give her a couple marks up. On the other thing, huh? on your uh, on your immigrants, there were a few people, that were hesitant to put their hands up, but they put it up. I I, I I honestly believe that there are people that did not want to put their hands up, but they did. On the, on the health, well, yeah, what's that? Go ahead. And uh, on the healthcare, there are I am uh, a believe in healthcare, and not for I mean, for everybody. But not the way that Bernie Sanders and the rest of people want
1: to do it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe in that. But if you ever yeah, – no, G- G- no, well, Jeff, yeah, thanks for the call. Look, and I, no, thanks for the call. I appreciate you joining us. Look, I mean, here's the – look, look, here's the thing. The, to win a primary, you know, Republicans run to the right and Democrats run to the left. And then you try to come back to, to the center. The thing is, I, I think that – and I, I've said this before – I think that a, a centrist, a center-left Democrat, somebody like a Joe Biden, I think poses the greater challenge to President Trump. Although, like I say, Biden, Biden didn't look good last night. Biden, to me, looked looked old. And Biden to me looked kind of out of touch, and maybe it's time to t- pass the, the torch. But but Biden is is a moderate Democrat. Biden's not crazy left. Now there's an incredible push. Half of those people that are running are what I would describe as crazy left, and I, I think a lot of America is going to be scared by them. But again, you got to be to the left to to end up winning, you know, a Democrat primary. I, I think. You know th- these elections. You know, if if you think back, you know to the Republican um, debates back in 2016, you know you had you had a time where Nikki Haley. I mean, she was she was the flavor of the month, or the woman whose name is escaping me now, who's the business executive from California. She did a great job at one of the debates, and she was, oh, this is going to be it. And at the end of the day, it didn't make any difference. And, and I think, to a large point, that's kind of the case as as well. In the postmortems, Kamala Harris does very, very well. Um, and, and I think, you know, Joe Biden, if I'm the Biden folks, I'm back at the drawing board figuring, okay, moving forward, we got to figure this out because we're going to have a target on their backs moving, you know, th- this is going to be a constant sort of thing. And Joe can't get angry and Joe can't get upset and Joe can't lash out. And he has to show that he's up for the job. One other, one other entity that I thought was a big loser was NBC. I, we can we put a man on the moon in 1969, and NBC can't figure out how to make their equipment work in 2019. I mean, it's it's like, for goodness sakes, you've got all these problems with microphones and you know people talking over them, etc. It, it just if if I was at NBC and and they had they had different problems on both nights, but they had problems on both nights. It shouldn't be that tough. I mean, like I say, we put a man on the moon, you'd think that you'd be able to figure out a way to cut off people's microphones or to stop all this type of stuff and and, and present a debate, even a debate, with 10 people. So, you know, individuals will decide. This debate will ultimately be relegated to the dustbin of history, but at least for the moment, Kamala Harris, she's going to get a bump in her fundraising, probably raises herself into the top tier of candidates. I think the big parlor game would be... You know, figure out when it is that they get down to 10. How long will 14 of the candidates be able to stay in? How many will drop off before the next debate at the end of next month? This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, broadcasting live from Summerfest.
0: Everybody's talking about like they just can't wait to-
1: this is Kane Brown. He's one of the opening performers for Jason Aldean. That's at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater down here at Summerfest. Hey, um, my, my regular producer grew, but he took the day off yesterday to go to Summerfest, and then he's taken the day off today to recover from Summerfest. Huh that's either good planning or you know he's a wimp one of those two can't figure that out if you want to actually see what crew looks like. Um, he was down here wandering around the grounds. My wife and I were down here yesterday. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Wagner six twenty. There are the three of us, like I say he stayed. we went home, but I made it to work the next day. That says something. <laughs> We're broadcasting live from Summerfest. It's Summerfest Day Three. We're doing some chair dancing here in our mobile broadcast facility. That is Mr. Roboto. It's by Sticks. sticks of course, performing ten o'clock tonight at the U.S. Cellular Connection stage down here at Summerfest. And and again, I, cautionary thing: don't don't let the rain last night or the rain this morning kind of scare you off. The, the rain is pretty much out of the area. The Summerfest grounds are in very, very good shape. I mean, I can, you can find a couple puddles, but in general, very, very good shape. Um, the weather is just absolutely perfect. It's about 74 degrees. There's a nice little breeze, a little bit humid, but but again, this is you know this is Milwaukee, Wisconsin for goodness sakes. And when you think about how long our winters are and our non-existent springs, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain about a little bit of mugginess, you know, in the end of June. So come on down, enjoy Summerfest 2019. No reason to let the weather. Uh, deter you. There's an interesting sidelight. I have not spent a lot of time talking about the state budget because well, well, candidly, I'm not sure there's that much interest in the state budget. Maybe a couple particular issues here and there, but in general the state budget process eh, I, I think, you know, as long as there's not massive tax increases, people are going to be happy. Here's one of the interesting dynamics, though, that go into crafting a budget in Wisconsin, the governor has a very broad veto power. The governor can veto words out of a, a budget sentence. So, for example, if, if the line in the budget said, the state of Wisconsin shall not... the state of Wisconsin shall not... Advertise on the Jeff Wagner Show. All right? And let's say you had a governor that wanted to do that. The governor could cross out the word not. So it could be the governor, the state of Wisconsin shall advertise on the Jeff Wagner show. You could completely and totally change the meaning by vetoing a single word. So given the fact that you have Republicans in the legislature and a Democrat governor, now th- there's a lot of concern because th- in drafting the budget, the Republicans wanted to be extremely careful that they didn't present the governor with an opportunity to, again, completely reverse something. And can you imagine, you know, all the, the machinations? There, there was at one point in time, there was an argument that governors could could actually do what they called the Vannel White Veto, which was veto individual letters out of words to create different words, you know, and, and, and that's not available anymore anyhow. So one of the things that the Republicans did in this budget they, it doesn't say "shall not." You, th- that phrase does not appear anywhere in the budget. Int- instead of the word sh- "words shall not," what they've done is they've put in the word "cannot." One word: c a n n o t. You cannot do this because, in in, if you put "shall not," like I say, the governor could take out the word "shall." Or the governor could take out the word not and completely change the whole meaning. By using the word cannot, one word, you know, th- th- pretty much the governor either has to veto the entire section or leave the section in. It's, it's just this kind of interesting dynamic that goes on, especially when you have this vast veto power that we give governors in the state of Wisconsin. So it's interesting. Again, the words shall not do not appear in in this budget. For and if you're whatever wonder why, if you're at a cocktail party or something, it says cannot now, not shall not, and that's because they didn't want to give Evers the opportunity to vote this out. Okay. Speaking of budgets, and this is kind of the lead into what I want to talk to you next. I'm not driving out of my way to save 3 or 4 bucks. But you might And this is what I'm fascinated by. Here is the deal. Starting Monday, Illinois, which is a fiscal mess, it is a train wreck. Illinois, as part of their new budget, just had massive, massive tax increases. And those tax increases, I mean, it was pretty much across the board, but some of them go into effect Monday. For example, Illinois... Illinois has historically had a gas tax of 19 cents a gallon. What they did is, starting Monday, the state gas tax is going to double to 38 cents a gallon. On top of that, a number of municipalities have the ability to put their own local taxes on top of the state gasoline tax. And that goes into effect Monday. The net of all this is the estimates are the cost of gasoline per gallon in illinois is probably going to go up in the neighborhood of 30 to 35 cents it's going to go up per gallon and one and the same thing is true with cigarettes illinois just doubled the sales tax on a pack of cigarettes from a dollar to 2 dollars So they become dramatically more expensive. But here's what a number of retailers are afraid of. And these are retailers that are either in, in southern Illinois um, or uh, in ar- around the border. So let's say you're the south side of Chicago. You're kind of by the Indiana border. Or let's say you're in Waukegan. You're kind of by the Wisconsin border. Situations where you know people don't have to drive a- an hour, but where people can, by driving five or ten miles out of their way, they can. Come to Wisconsin, because after this goes into effect, I can't tell you how much more expensive gasoline is going to be in Illinois than in Wisconsin, but it's going to be more expensive. My, my guess is, my guess is, in Illinois, by the time you roll in all these taxes, you will probably be paying at least 25 cents more per gallon than you do in Wisconsin. And the same thing is true in Indiana. Now, maybe it'll turn out to be $0.20 a gallon. Maybe it'll turn out to be $0.40 a gallon. I I don't know. But it's definitely going to be more. And you have a lot of these retailers who are just really, really worried that what's going to happen is that you're going to have people who are going to change their habits, and they're going to cross the border to, I don't know, to save, save some money. All right, our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. At what point for gasoline, how much do you have to save on gasoline before you start driving appreciably out of your way to, to do it? How much per gallon? Like, for example... If it's somewhere, there's one gas station that's convenient to you that's 279 and you can get it by driving slightly out of your way and you can get it for 269 do you drive slightly out of your way to do that? What is that tipping point? And if you lived in northern Illinois, if you lived in Waukegan, or you lived close to the to the Indiana border, all right, and you could, I don't know, by by driving five or ten miles out of your way, you could... I don't know, save 2 50 save 4 bucks. save 5 bucks on a tank of gas. Would that be enough to motivate you to do it? Is this gas tax, is it going to cause people to maybe cross state lines? And at what point do we do it? Because at some point in time... At some point in time, we all do that. Well, and I guess if I can save $10 or $15, or if I can save $100, if I can save $500, it's worth it to go somewhere else. On a regular basis, where is your tipping point? 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're back to discuss in just a moment. Jordan is lining up the calls. If you're on the line, please hold on. How much do you say have to save to make it worth your time to go significantly out of your way? to get that savings. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from Summerfest. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest, that's Collective Soul performing at the U Line Warehouse. <clears throat> if you're watching me, I, I'm now banging my head against our ForMica counter in our mobile broadcast facility. If you tune into the podcast that, that's available through our, our WTMJ mobile app, you, you you hear I know I rail about this. But that stuff on the freeway, this is the third major long-term closure in just the last nine days. I-94 in that construction zone is a death trap. It is also just an accident waiting to happen. And my frustration, and we talked about in the first half hour of the program today, is that the DOT doesn't care. The DOT says, well, you know, this conforms with our safety standards, and instead of making adjustments – Day after day after day, we have major accidents and then major delays. They have to be able to do better. Speaking about traffic and speaking about driving, state of Illinois on Monday is about ready to implement a massive gasoline tax increase. My guess is what that means is a gallon of gas will probably be cost, it's probably cost somewhere between 25 and $0.40 cents more in Illinois than it will in Wisconsin or Indiana, a number of the people close to the border are just terrified that people are going to change their driving habits and they're going to start going to Wisconsin or Indiana in order to you know, get their gas. How much of a savings does it take for you to go out of your way? Let's start with Don in Oconomowoc. Don, you're first. Good afternoon.
4: Yeah, good afternoon. Um, you know, I, I feel sorry for those people down there. Uh, if yeah. I did live in Waukegan... And uh, I drive a big conversion van. Gets about 15 miles a gallon. It's got a 30 gallon tank. Uh, you know, I guess my break-even on it would be about 20 miles, and that's just a stone's throw for the people in, in Waukegan to go tank up. I'd be ahead. I'd be ma- I'd be ahead if I went 20 miles and and filled up. Right. So I would. Right. So do that. for
1: somebody, yeah. The
4: first thing. I, first thing would be is okay. Like I said, I'm sorry for you you business owners, but. It's got to be a big F you to, uh, to, to the state of Illinois. You, you
1: can't, you know, well, you did this to me. Thank you. Well, know, yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Well, this is, I mean, there's, there's no question about, um, there, there's no question that I think that there's going to be an impact. Like, like I say, if I have a, a regular convenience store or gas station that I go to, I'm not going to bail on that for three or four cents a gallon I, I'm not, but at the same time, if I can drive a couple miles and to me it's probably it, it's a function of two things it's a function of how far out of my way do I have to go and it's a function of what the cost savings is but I will tell you if if I can save twenty or twenty five cents a gallon okay my my tank is probably like it's a, typically a ten gallon fill up you know that's two fifty yeah I, I will will I drive a few miles out of my way to save you know to save um, um, that money, yeah, I, I will. I will do that. You know. Now, am I going to drive thirty miles out of my way? Probably not. Let's talk to Ron in Sussex. Ron, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hello. I Hi, Ron. I just drove up from uh, Naples, Florida, and I intentionally fill up in Indiana because gas is already very expensive in the Chicago area. Right. You know. And uh, I, I, was kind of, I listened to the fellow you just talked to in Oconomowoc, his math didn't seem to, to, to jive. He, if he's going to drive 20 miles out of his way, then he's got to drive 20 miles back. That's 40 miles. He gets 50 miles to the gallon. Let's say he was 45. He spent three gallons worth of gas to save, what, $0.30, $9? Yeah. He spent $11 to, to, to save 9 That's Right, yeah, plus your
1: times. Yeah, so you got to do the dynamic, but but Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I mean, you intentionally you intention, you do the math. You you intentionally, for example, you already avoid gas, gassing up in Illinois because it's just so much cheaper to do it in in, in, in Indiana.
4: Yeah, if you stop yeah. at any of the oases on the tri-state tollway, it's already thirty to forty cents higher than what I get in um, uh, Indiana or Wisconsin when I return to Naples. You know.
1: Right, and it's going to and it's going to after Monday, it's going to get nothing but worse because they, they've the, the gasoline tax, the state gasoline tax in Illinois has just doubled. It's going to go up nineteen cents, and you've got these localities that can now put their own taxes in. So it, it's it's going to go up. My guess is a twenty-five cents to thirty cents a gallon starting on Monday, and I, I got to yes. That's got to make a difference. Yeah, it's got to make a difference. Thanks for the call, Ron. I appreciate the perspective. Um, Jake in South Milwaukee, Jake, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Hi, good afternoon.
1: At what point in time do, do you do you change your buying habits because of price of gasoline?
4: Um, for me, I would say for a full fill-up, it would have to be between 10 and $15 to fill oh. up, to go out of my way. But I don't know. I work in the trucking industry, and with everything that goes on with the trucks, you can hold more fuel and everything like that. Certain states have like a barcode or a scanner in these trucks to where if you bypass through that state and you hit a toll, it reads that barcode and that state no matter what is going to get their taxes out of it whether you filled up in their state
2: or not.
1: Yeah, right, right. One way, or, yeah. Thanks for calling, Jake. And that, that's a fair point. That there's, look, the, the the bottom line is, especially if you're a commercial trucker, you know, the, the states are going to figure out a way to get a piece of you one way or the other. I, I guess I was thinking more and more along the lines of of commercial businesses, and 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 your time is worth stuff. And I guess it, it just it's going to be something that I think is going to be interesting to see as time moves on, because I think. There, there is price sensitivity. You know, are you going to drive 30 miles to save 15 cents? No. Would you drive five miles, though, out of your way if you could end up saving, you know, 40 or 50 cents or 30 or 40 cents a gallon? I, I think in, in many cases the answer is yes. And keep in mind with gasoline, for many people, it, it's for businesses, it's an excuse to get people into the business because, you know, you go to the convenience store, you buy gas, you walk inside, you buy cigarettes, or you buy something else as well. All right. When we come back. All right, there's a controversy in Greenfield. I think the city is making a huge mistake. Matter of fact, one of my colleagues disagreed with the position I'm going to take. That will be fun. And then, what's wrong with dogs in parks and Pop Culture Corner? Everything is coming up in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner. <laughs>
0: Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest Grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest Grounds,
1: here's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. The third day of Summerfest. The sun keeps trying to come out, but it's warming up. It's about 75 degrees. There is no rain around here. Stop by. Enjoy yourself. We've got all sorts of things going on. I'm done in about an hour, but then we've got um, Wisconsin's afternoon news in. We've got a number of folks that are here. We've got a bags game going on next door. It's just a lot of fun. So if you're down to Summerfest, be sure to stop off and say hello. All right. When it comes to the 4th of July... I am not a crabby, grumpy old man, like some people are. I don't mind you playing with sparklers. I know, I understand. If you're running with sparklers, you can fall and you can hurt yourself. I understand that. But you know what? It's the 4th of July. I don't have a problem with sparklers. All right. Something else I don't have a problem with. This guy in Greenfield, I think they should let him shoot off his damn cannon. All right, if you haven't been following, here is the story. There's a 66-year-old guy in Greenfield, and he's got four, his name is Frank Markle, he's got four of these Civil War cannons. For years and years and years, he would take the cannons over to his daughter's place in the city of Milwaukee, and with the blessing of... Of the City of Milwaukee Police Department at like four o'clock in the afternoon on the fourth of July, they would fire off these cannons. It would be like an eight-gun salute. What they would do is they'd fire off the cannons quick. Boom, 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 boom. They'd fire them off twice. Okay. The whole thing takes thirty seconds. They do it at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's not 4 o'clock in the morning. And he did this with the blessing of the Milwaukee Police Department. And they, they do it. They would have veterans that would come over. It would be like a little ceremony, a fun thing on the guy's front lawn. Well, what happened is his daughter moved to Florida. All right, she moved to Florida, no more house in Milwaukee. So, what he started to do is he said, okay, here's the deal. I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have a, my own 4th of July party, and the afternoon of the 4th of July, we're going to fire off the, these cannons. That, that's his plan. And again, it's, and by the way, when, when I talk about firing off the cannons, it's just, there, there's not like a cannonball. It, it's just, you know, they load them with powder, and it just makes noise. It's boom. There's not like cannonballs that are going flying that are going to hit the neighbor's houses or anything like that. It's just, it's noise. And it's boom, 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 Okay, it's eight shot, 30 seconds. All right. So he's been doing this in Milwaukee forever. He moves to Greenfield. 2016 is the first year he fires off these cannons. And... All of a sudden, city officials see they get a handful of complaints. He got a $250 citation when he did it in 2017. 2018, he got a $3,000 fine. You have the mayor of Greenfield, you have the police chief in Greenfield, and you have a handful, but not all, a handful of neighbors who have just, they're, they're appalled by this. I cannot believe this guy is shooting off these cannons. Oh my gosh, it's noise pollution, it's terrible, it's all this type of stuff for his part. He's fighting the ticket he got last year, and he says he's going to continue to do this, you know, this year. And he says, let them do what they want to me. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's the bottom line. The mayor of Greenfield, the police chief of Greenfield, and a couple of the that, that are complaining about this that live next door to this man or in the immediate vicinity. Here's the bottom line. You desperately, desperately need to get a life. It is the 4th of July. If he was doing this at 1 o'clock in the morning, I understand. If he was doing this for hours and hours on end, I understand. I I get it. But you know what? They have fireworks at the parks that make big booms and that sometimes make people's windows shake and that sometimes scare your dogs. This morning, there was a thunderstorm, thunder over my house, and it was freaking out my little dog. Okay, well, I I understand that. But what am I supposed to do? Are we supposed to outlaw thunderstorms? 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Under these circumstances, and I understand they have this noise ordinance in Greenfield like they have at other places saying you can't make unreasonable things like that, but I will tell you something, my guess is barking dogs and Harley-Davidson's roaring down the street and any one of a number of things create a much bigger hazard than this guy shooting off this cannon in the middle of the afternoon on the 4th of July for 30 seconds. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Denise. She is in Greenfield. Denise, good afternoon.
5: Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, let this guy shoot his cannon off. Um, I'm not too far from there. And it's once a year, and I'm on a loop where Harley tests their motorcycles down my street, and it's far louder yeah. than this poor man. Yeah.
1: Right, and it's and it's constant, and it's continuous. This is right. it's 30 seconds at 4 o'clock on the 4th of July. What's the matter with some of those neighbors out there, Denise?
5: I don't know, but you know what, Jeff? I think there's a lot of neighbors that are for him and would be happy to pay his fine. So...
1: Well oh, yeah, well, yeah. well no well, well no well thanks for the call. Well the bigger point is okay to the mayor of Greenfield, to the police chief of Greenfield, all right, this is one where it's the Fourth of July. Look and I understand that you got a handful of people that are gonna complain, but the truth of the matter is you're got a handful of people that are gonna complain about everything. I would argue my guess is if you're talking about disruptions and noises and the house shaking, you know, people who live near a number of the county parks. Um, around here um, who, who shoot off the fireworks on the 4th of July. My guess is it's a sustained thing. Gosh, the fireworks are 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Some of those are loud, the same sort of stuff. I mean, for goodness sakes, the guy, it's 30 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. 414-799-1620. Scott in New Berlin. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, how's it going?
1: Real well, thank you. Okay, I, I mean... Maybe I just need to be a grumpier guy. But it's the 4th of July, for goodness sakes. This guy, he does it once a year. It's a tradition. I would think people would embrace this.
4: So I just caught the tail end of your story, but um funny thing is, I have a neighbor right across the street from me. He's an old veteran, and he has a cannon that he shoots off every 4th of July. In New and Berlin. Is, okay. Yeah, in New Berlin. And it is... a. Uh, great experience i got to shoot the cannon for the first time a couple of years ago and um i'm not sure if all the neighbors are for it but my family sure loves it because it's something different and it doesn't really make that much noise and it doesn't really distract anybody and i see no problem with it
1: yeah, th- thanks for the call, Scott. I guess, see, look, that that's my point. I mean, look, I, if we were talking about stuff that was going on for hours, yeah, I understand that. I, I get it. If we were talking about stuff that was going on, you know, oh, at, at midnight on the 4th of July, he shoots this stuff off and you wake everybody up. I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I understand. You have to be part of being a good neighbor. But for goodness sakes, you know, my guess is over the 4th of July weekend, there's a lot more distracting stuff and there's a lot noisier stuff that's going on in Green field than this guy for 30 seconds shooting off the cannon and and i just i'm so sick of this this grumpy old let's get off my lawn okay we don't like doing that oh gee um it it freaked out the dog well the thunderstorm probably freaked out the dog today too 414-799-1620 jim in waterford jim you're on wtmj good afternoon
4: how are you guys doing
1: i'm well jim what do you think about this should the guy be allowed to shoot off his Uh cannon
4: yeah, I don't have a problem with that, and just as long as he's not using actual cannonballs, that's perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fine. Right, right. I, right. Yeah, I, I right, yeah, I get it. Right. Obviously, if he was shooting off cannonballs and you had you know things blowing up in Greenfield, that would be a different story. But no, it's just th- these are these demonstration yeah. things. They just make noise: boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, boom. It's loud. I live in Waterford on the lake,
4: and our neighbors, New Year's Eve, Fourth of July, we have fireworks all the time and nobody right. complains
1: about it. Right, exactly. No, thanks for calling. See, that. I mean, my guess is, all right, and I'm, I, I I get invited every year to a party on the 4th of July. Um, friends of mine live in Whitefish Bay. They live on, on on Lake Michigan. They're just south of Clody Park where they have the fireworks things, and there are neighbors that, that you know, shoot off fireworks. You're not supposed to do it, but but they do it. And you know, no, nobody complains about it. But I will tell you, I mean, candidly, if you were worried about noise, I, I would say, you know, fireworks for an hour or two are more annoying. You know, firecrackers for an hour or two are more annoying than boom, 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 boom. I just just embrace this for goodness' sakes, really. Let's talk to um, Tim in Milwaukee. Tim, you're on WTMJ.
3: Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Yes, sir. Um, what do you think?
3: I, I. I used to live in Greenfield up to about two years ago, and I'm not sure what neighborhood this guy lives in, but the one I lived in wouldn't have had any issues with this, so I I don't know what's going on. What it comes down to is this is 30 seconds out of your year, get over
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 that's it. I mean, you really do need to get a life. I mean, and there's some people saying, "Well, the house shakes a little bit, or the dog gets stuff." I I understand that. I, I get it. But you're right. It's 30 seconds out of your life at four o'clock in the afternoon on the fourth of July. To me, I would. Um, I, I I mean, I would just embrace it. I, if I was one of these neighbors, I'd go over and I'd watch this thing. How cool must that be to see?
3: Absolutely.
1: Um, I don't know this neighbor. The address I've got. The paper has the address four thousand four South Shady Lane Court in Greenfield. I don't know where Shady Lane Court is in Greenfield, but that's that, that's that's where the controversy is. Go figure, huh? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I look I, and, and and I understand they've got a noise ordinance there. I, I get it. But my question would be, how aggressively do you enforce this noise ordinance? And when you have again, when you have the deal, when you got the Harleys, when you got all this other stuff going on, are you pulling them over? And don't get me wrong, I'm not encouraging you to do it. I'm just saying, for the 4th of July, for historical cannons, maybe people need to lighten up, and maybe we need to be less of this. We're grumpy old people. Hey, kids, get off my grass. Or hey, get that cannon off the front lawn. Why don't you just embrace it, for goodness sakes, instead of trying to shut this guy down. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Jason Aldean performing at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater tonight at Summerfest Pop Culture Corner coming up in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. But, look, I talked about this when it happened last year. The issue hasn't gone away. you got this guy in Greenfield, if you're just tuning in. He's got four Civil War cannons. He's been doing this for years and years in Milwaukee at his daughter's house. They shoot off the cannons. It's 30 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. It's 30 seconds. At 4 o'clock, they have this party. All right, that that's it. He's been doing it for decades in Milwaukee. His daughter moves, so now he's in Greenfield. He's done this in Greenfield, and you've got a handful, and just a handful of neighbors who are complaining. They're giving this guy tickets, for goodness sakes. I think the folks in Greenfield, and I'm talking about the mayor i'm talking about the police chief i think they need to lighten up let's talk to kathy in Mus- muskigo kathy you're on wtmj
5: hi thanks for taking my call i have yes, attended ma'am. fp's party for about the last 20 years have witnessed okay. the firing of the cannons he does it to celebrate the Fourth, to celebrate our freedom to honor our veterans It is an awesome experience. The neighbors come and they watch and we cheer. And it's is—it's wonderful. And why the city of Greenfield will not allow him a permit to do this, um, I think is absolutely foolish. But it is just a wonderful thing.
1: They, right, and, and that you make a couple important points. First, am I right that this whole thing is about thirty seconds? Right, it's it's not like he's firing off the cannon for hours. It's it's no, it's, it's thirty seconds and the, it's done. Right, they
5: do the first round of four cannons. They have to reload them. They fire the next round, and then you're done. And it's it's and
1: wonderful. I, also, am I correct that many, many neighbors come? It's kind of like this neighborhood thing. Not all of them, but yes. like all sorts of people come to watch this go on. It's a good Fourth of July party. Yes.
5: and he will invite people to fire the cannons, so who's ever in the audience that hasn't done it before is allowed to do it. And we get T-shirts, and on the back of the T-shirts it <laughs> says, support your local police department. And, you know, it's it's a wonderful experience. And it why, just seems like people get yeah. all upset about it? I don't understand.
1: Well, it just seems like a good, fun, unique way to celebrate the 4th of July. And sure, a heck of a lot less. And look, I, I love fireworks. Don't get me wrong. I don't think fireworks are disruptive. But if you don't like loud bangs and noises and stuff, the fireworks that go on for 30 or 45 minutes, they're a lot more disruptive at night than this guy right. shooting off his cannon in his front yard. Ugh. Exactly. All right, well I'm on for I, I for whatever it's worth, I, I'm on your side, Kathy. I'm on this guy's side. It sounds like just a great time. So thanks for the call, I appreciate it. All right. My advice to authorities in Greenfield, oh just stop being Grandpa Simpson. Stop being that get off my lawn type of thing. Lighten up. It's the fourth of July. Let the guy shoot off his cannon. Back with more in just a couple minutes. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. I like this is T-Pain. They're performing right behind me at the Harley-Davidson Roadhouse tonight at 945. We're at Summerfest. Our text line just lighting up with things. I, I'll summarize the, the vast majority of the responses we're getting. Anybody in Greenfield complaining about the guy shooting off the cannon is like a you-know-what in the swimming pool. Everybody else will be having a good time if it wasn't for that person. I Just lighten up in Greenfield, for goodness sakes. Have fun.
0: It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner, sponsored by New Femme Rejuvenation Clinic. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 414 799 1620 to get on the show. And now, here is Jeff Wagner
1: broadcasting live from Summerfest. It's the first Friday, and now the sun is out. There is absolutely no excuse not to come on down here and enjoy a wonderful day. Lots of great entertainment going on. I, I mentioned this once or twice. If you follow me on Twitter at Wagner 620 there's a photograph of, of my wife and myself and my producer group, my regular producer who's off today because he took off yesterday to go to Summerfest, and he took off today to recuperate from Summerfest. All right, you know, I guess it's nice to be young, but in any event, if you want to see what he looks like, follow me at Jeff Wagner six twenty. But one of the things that he did yesterday is one of, he came down here with one of his friends and he was telling me he bought tickets to this outlaw music festival that was going on that started from one until it ran until like eleven. He didn't The only He only wanted to see one act. And it was this act called Dawes that was performing like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I said, you mean you spent like 80 bucks, you know, buying tickets to to see one act? He said, yeah, pretty much so. I said, are you going to go back? He said, no, no, I just saw the one thing. I'm going to wander around here. Okay, but he loves them. He loves them. He says, you know, I could listen to, he said, when they came out with his first album, I could listen to that album all the time. It's the only album I need to hear. And this is a guy who likes music and stuff. I respect that. And I thought, given the fact that we are at the 52nd year of the world's largest music festival, obviously we want to do a music-related topic today. So here's here's what we're talking about on Pop Culture Corner, brought to you by New Femme Rejuvenation Clinic. Here is it. You only get one. Let us imagine you are on that cruise ship. The cruise ship starts going down. You have an opportunity to grab your MP3 player, grab your CD player, grab that generator, but you only have the opportunity to grab one album, one CD, one whatever, one download. What is your one album? If you're stuck on that desert island and you only have the opportunity to listen to one album for however long it's going to take, what is that one album, CD, whatever, that you never get tired of listening to? 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Your your one album your disc that you know this is the one that I'm going to be listening to forever maybe it's the one that you have been listening to forever and I'm not saying that you can't you know have all sorts of things that you like but for most of us there is one go-to record. There's one go-to album that, you know, we find ourselves going back to much more often. 414-799-1620, that is the Accudet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As we always discuss during the segment, two pieces of advice. Our phone lines tend to jam up, so do my producer Jordan a favor and, and call early. We want to make sure we get as many people on as possible. And always go with your first instinct. Sometimes people start to overthink this. I'm going to take a quick break, let Jordan line up the calls, then we're going to be back to discuss. four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. You only get one. That album, if you can only have one more to listen to forever, one album to listen to forever, what is it? We're back to discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Wagner is back right after this. Let him. Brandi Carlile, of course, she's performing at the Femo Harris Pavilion tonight at 945. The sun is out. It's a great day at Summerfest. Come on down. Okay, you only get one album. Before we go to the calls, let's kind of go through our text line that's exploding. Jackson Brown, Running on Empty. No argument there. Peter, Paul, and Mommy by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay. Um, let's see. The White Album by the Beatles. Super Tramp, Crime of the Century. Uh, another one for running on empty. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Yeah, you can argue that that was one of his best. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Okay, let's start with Rob in Green Bay. Rob, you're first. Hello.
0: Oh, wonderful! I got the pole position here. You know, you know. Jeff,
1: you got the you got the inside position. Yeah. Well, okay. What's the album?
0: Um, my, the album is called Going Out of Style, and it's by the Dropkick Murphys. Probably not the most famous okay. in these parts, but if you go out on the East Coast, it would be crazy.
1: Yeah, do you like the Dropkick Murphys? You a big fan of that band?
0: Yeah, yes, I am.
1: Yeah, okay. Thanks. Nice Thanks for calling. Very, very, very entertaining. They're kind of political and stuff, but very entertaining. Jason in Mequon. Jason, you only get one. What is your album? Hey, Jeff, I'll take the outside I'm row Jason. here. Uh, Metallica, Black and Black. <laughs> okay, tell me. I mean, are, are you a are you a heavy metal guy? Are you a headbanger? Um. No, I'm not really a
2: headbanger, but I grew up in that you know age, so it was kind of like okay, I kind of grew up in that, and you know was there and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> great, absolutely, it works for me. No, thanks for that. That's the whole idea. All right, here, Justin from Brookfield. He says his bucket list item: drinking a beer with Jeff Wagner, and his favorite album: Jimmy Buffett's A One A. Yeah, that's it for me. I, I'm a big Buffett fan. That's one that came out in the mid seventies. It's got a lot of great tunes on it, and it's one of those that I just—just what I'm talking about. I, I look—I have a great musical. I, I, I have a wide musical taste, like all sorts of different things. But you know, I find myself gravitating back to. Certain things, and among all the different Buffett albums, A One A is my favorite. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Tom in Grafton. Tom, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hey, Jeff, how you doing?
1: Hi, Tom. Real good, real well. Okay, you get one album. What is it?
4: Uh, Well, my my go-to album is Stephen Stills with Manassas. Um, That was right after uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young broke up, and uh, he put together a band that was just kind of out of this world and
3: I started listening okay. uh, to that in college and still listen to it today.
1: You know, I guess I'm going to have to go back. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I was a big fan of, you know, Crosby Stills and Nash and Young, and they're, they're, you know, that that double live album they have. That's, you know, that's one that I go back to. So Manette, with Stephen Stills with Manassas, worth checking Manassas. out, huh? Uh, you
3: should, Manassas. Jeff. It's,
4: it's a good one.
1: Got it. Okay, I will. I think, thanks for, see. I, I'm, I learned some of these things, too. Thanks for calling. call. TJ in Milwaukee. TJ, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey
2: Jeff, how you doing? My oh, album well, is you. Jay Giles Band. Blow your face
1: oh. out. Okay. What 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 would be the what would be the song that everybody would know from Jay Giles Band that might be on that
2: one? Okay, must have got lost.
1: Must have got yeah. lost. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Are you are you a huge fan of the band and all their oh, work, definitely. or is it just that particular up, album? Up
2: until they put out Freeze Frame. Then they started going a little towards just making money instead of putting out good music. But anything before that was uh, was real good blues and rock together, so it was good stuff.
1: Okay, good enough. Thanks for calling TGI because I was wondering. I mean, when you think about the J. Gals band, that's what you think of—is freeze frame, Steve and Lomira. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
3: Uh, I would say the Saturday
1: Night Fever soundtrack. Oh. Staying alive, staying alive. You got the BGS and all that stuff, huh?
3: Yeah, the reason being is uh, when I was nine years old, my dad belonged to the Columbia Eight Track Club. That was one of the first eight tracks he got, and I listened to it until it until I couldn't listen to it anymore. So.
1: You you know, you make me laugh with eight tracks. You know, there's people that are listening to us right now who say, "What is this eight-track thing of which he speaks?" But yeah, there were—you had albums, you had cassettes, and then you had these eight tracks. Which why people got them is beyond me, because they they they'd cut out in the middle of the song and then resume the song when it changed tracks. I people had them in their cars. I never got eight tracks. Never did. Thanks for the call. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Mike in Oak Creek. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, uh, my favorite album is Carole King, Tapestry.
1: It's an amazing album. Every
4: song is
2: fantastic.
1: When I was in college... If you were trying to, if you were trying to show that you were sensitive to any of the women I was in college with, you had to be a fan of tapestry because that that was the big thing. All the gals loved tapestry, which meant that you know if you wanted to love the gals, you had to love tapestry yourself. But it, it, just one hit song after another.
4: Yeah, well, in the army, it reminded yeah. all of us of girls back home.
1: Yeah, so. no kidding. Yeah. That's why we. Yeah, no thanks. It. To, No, thanks for the call. When when you just said that, it it, that's what it brings back. It's I mean, I'm thinking of all the girls in college, and they were all like into Carol King and Tapestry. But it's actually she's an amazing. She she's just amazing, and that you know she was a songwriter before she was a performer, and she just did a great job with that. Let's talk to Joan in Greenfield. Joan, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Joan.
5: Talking. There's a lot of people with a lot of good ideas, but mine's kind of obscure. It's um, Dire Straits' "Brothers in Arms" with Mark Knopfler's guitar. That's just okay. I never
1: get tired of listening to. Okay, because again, when I when I think of Dire Straits, I, there's a, there, you know there's a couple of their big songs that I you know that you think about. But this this whole album's worth listening to, huh? I think so. That's okay, I'm, I'm, no, good enough. I'm I'm writing these down. I'm always looking to expand my tests. All okay. right, um, let's go to um, is it "Callus" in Manitowoc? Khalees, Khalees in (laughs) Manitowoc. Hi, (laughs) Khalees. Hey, I
2: wouldn't have to go with Fleetwood Mac Rumors. It just is a dreamy, magical album that I never tire of.
1: Uh, you know um here, here's my story Alpine Valley the year rumors came out I want to say it's like 79 somehow we got front row seats to the thing and it's one of the most amazing concerts that I have ever that I have ever been to you know I mean the band at its very very best Stevie Nicks all that kind of stuff it was just tremendous yeah,
2: yeah I, I never saw get tired them at of that find a couple Couple times myself, Jeff, and and right. it was just you know an ambiance that takes you there every time.
1: It does. Do you like the? I mean, I like the I like the first Fleetwood album too with with the, with the new band. I mean, I the self titled one, Fleetwood Mac, the one before Rumors. I thought that was outstanding too.
2: Yeah, I can pick Thanks. any of the yeah. Fleetwood Mac albums out, and 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 I'm fine with them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, yeah, it works for me. You know, rumors is tremendous. Let's talk to Lisa in West Dallas. Lisa, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hi. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Hi, Lisa. My you get one album,
2: album would be Leonard Skinnerd Gold and Platinum.
1: Okay. All right. You're, you're talking to a huge, huge, huge Skinnerd fan. I love Leonard Skinnerd. I've got all the different um, albums. I guess I'm not quite. F- I, I've got all the individual ones. Is that like a greatest hits album?
2: It is, and it's a little bit of a cheat okay. because it is actually two albums.
1: <laughs> okay. It's a double record okay.
2: set.
1: So. Oh, okay, got it. But, I mean, I'm a huge, oh, I, I just, I I love Leonard Skinnerd, and they're just, I don't think they get enough credit for, you know, how, how good they were. Okay, at, don't tell me Freebird, but beyond Freebird, what's your favorite Skinnerd song?
4: Give Me Three Steps.
1: Yeah. Me you know It's funny. I, that's that's what I was because that's if you hadn't said that, that's what I was going to say. Give me three <laughs> steps for the door. Yeah. Now, huge, huge fan of Skinner. Lisa, thanks for the call. Love it. OK, let me take a very quick break. Back with more in just a minute. We're going to find out what the Wisconsin afternoon news gang has on their mind. Um, I, I'm sorry, we had jam phone lines. Uh, just whatever. Do me a favor. Have some fun this weekend. Whatever your favorite album might be, just go back and revisit it. It will bring back great memories. I guarantee you, it will make you feel good. Doesn't matter how crummy your day is. You know, you listen to your favorite album, it'll take you back to that special time or place. That is the magic thing about music. Thanks for participating in Pop Culture Corner. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Jason Aldean performing tonight at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. Don't forget about the Summerfest Big Shot contest presented by Gruber Law Offices. Every day, three forty-five at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone. The first ten people to register have a chance at a half-court shot. First person to make it receives a Summerfest prize pack, including two front row wristbands for the U line headliner that night, a $75 Summerfest gift card, and a Gruber swag bag. All right. Sorry, I wish we had some more time. I'm having a blast today, John McCure. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, we, we've just had a, a fun thing. Now, I've probably irritated the mayor of Greenfield, but that's okay. I can handle that. Let the guy shoot off his cannon. And we're talking music <laughs> and all sorts Good of stuff. stuff like You're having that. fun. Absolutely. Fix the freeway, for goodness sakes.